Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. And you know it is my pleasure to bring you fun guests each week, but I think you're going to be in for a little different experience today because we are going to explore the world of improv. So I'd like to welcome Joel Zeff, keynote speaker and author. Joel captivates audiences with a unique blend of hilarious improvisational, I swore I wasn't gonna say that word, comedy and essential ideas on work and life. He has shared his experience and insight on collaboration, leadership, change, communication, innovation, fun and passion at more than 2,500 events. That's a lot of events. Thanks for joining us today, Joel. Thank you, Casey. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited too. I hope my sides aren't going to hurt too bad by the time we get done. I don't know. It depends on <laughs> when we finish rehearsal. This is uh, just a rehearsal. This right? is, oh, this okay, is a we're rehearsal. Not Excellent. Oh, okay. Excellent. I'm ready. Okay, so we can just have a conversation, right? Absolutely. You know, I love to begin our conversations with telling people how we got connected. Mm -hmm. And we were just kind of talking about this right before we came on. Right. And normally when people reach out to me on LinkedIn, especially if they're asking to be on the podcast, believe yeah. it or not, it's one of those I'm like, next, <laughs> next. You, you know, because they're just not, they're like, oh, I watched your podcast, I'll be a perfect fit. Right. End of story. Yeah, I probably said I'm not a perfect fit, but I may know somebody <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> uh, you know, you really, I don't even think you specifically asked to come on the podcast. You did mention that you saw that we had a podcast, mm -hmm. but then you went on to share some of the things you did, but it was just a very intentional thoughtful email and oh. i really wanted to highlight that because that's the way you do business yeah it's that, a, yeah i mean i love it's about connection yeah and it's about engagement and helping other people and that's what improv is about and what improv gave me and what you mentioned in the uh, in the introduction is i use improv and the choices that improv taught me to help team members and leaders be more successful deal with change more successfully be a better leader a better teammate and I think that's so important. Um, you know, I've done, I'm not very good at it, but I've done a little bit of improv, you yep. know, and done the, but the furthest I got was yes and. Yes. What is that? Tell us what that is. Well, that's a real fundamental foundation for improv is that, you know, there's no script, there's no rehearsal, uh, everything's happening right there. And so yes is about that positive support. If I say we're gonna go to grandma's house, then the other performers are gonna agree with me. We're gonna move the scene forward. They're gonna say yes, and they're gonna build on it. And when I started speaking, you know, that was a big concept with improv, but it there was a disconnect when I was talking about mm -hmm. yes and with my audiences, because when you say yes and, you're gonna say yes at your job, and then you're gonna to add to it, it sometimes doesn't connect, doesn't make sense. And so what I did was I kind of separated the concepts a little bit to make sure that they they hit home for the people in the audience. So the yes to me is about positive support, is about creating that passion, that energy, celebrating those successes, being supportive, keeping our passion up, our stress down. The and part to me is about opportunity, 
helping each other be successful, creating that opportunity that's going to fulfill us and reward us. And when you put those two things together, amazing things happen. You know, and I think it's important distinction to make that one of the, I think one of the reasons that you use the yes and instead of yes but mm-hmm. because that but is like yes but yeah instead of yes and you know it's it's all in how you deliver it yeah and is about building and supporting and growing that's what the and part is and for me I talk about it as opportunity right? We have to have that opportunity. And when I bring people up on stage, I give them that opportunity to be creative, to work together as a team, to listen, to focus, to be a great, uh, you know, great communicator. And when you give people that opportunity, amazing things happen. But unfortunately, those are the two things we don't get enough of at our jobs, opportunity and positive support. And that's what we need more than anything to be successful. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think we're seeing a real driving need for that after coming out of this pandemic, you know, and people going back what to are you the office. About pandemic. Oh, right? you didn't hear about this? Well, I no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Was there something in the news? Because I must have missed a little it. bit. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, was, I was wondering why I wasn't very busy for a couple. Nobody of years. was going. Hey, why well, I could get a seat at the yeah. best restaurant? I don't. I don't understand why everybody <laughs> wanted to do everything virtually. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yep, it was quite a different, quite mm-hmm. a quite a um, different time. And, and I was talking to someone today and improv is all about change and disruption and finding success, embracing that change and disruption because it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay. You don't know what's coming next, but you want to embrace that, be prepared for that change. And what happened to me in the pandemic was that we didn't change one thing. We changed everything, changed yes. how you work, changed how you socialize, changed how you communicated, how you shopped, everything changed. And that's why it caused so much frustration, so much stress. And there wasn't very good communication from yes. anybody about why, where, what, how. And so it created that stress. And in improv, we wanna embrace that change and disruption. We wanna be prepared for change. We wanna be more open and flexible to change because we have to find success during that change and disruption. It's going to happen whether we like it or not. It absolutely is. And, I, and I'm curious, do you find yourself when you, even though we don't have the little dots on the ground anymore, do you find yourself still socially dis- distancing just do I? Uh, <laughs> out of habit? I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> because if I say yes, why does Joel not like people? <laughs> and if you I say no, <laughs> then they're like, he's just weird. <laughs> Um, I don't know how to answer that. I Without don't getting in trouble. Yeah, I don't I don't. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I'll say yes. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I, don't, I, I caught don't really myself doing that the other day. Not that, you know, there was any of that. Well, if there's body odor, I, I yeah, well, tend yeah, to, to go kinda... a few steps back. I, I'm with you on that for sure. Um, all right. So we kind of like jumped way ahead in this conversation. Are we off topic? Maybe off script just okay. a little. Sure. So I, just tell us a little bit about you and how you got to where you are today. Um, so I... I'm a journalist. That's how I came to Dallas. Okay. I was uh, recruited to be a reporter for the Dallas Times-Herald. And, and I don't know if people remember, but um, there used to be two papers, the Morning News and the Times-Herald. And I was hired. I was working in a newspaper in Michigan and brought down. And six months after the paper closed, um, or six months after I joined the paper, it closed. Oh, yeah, fine. Yeah, it wasn't my fault. A lot of people will blame me. Casey, but it wasn't my fault. I was just a young reporter. <laughs> and so uh, I found myself with a lot of free time and luckily a severance check. And so I started doing stand up because I had this oh. love. I had this 
passion, but I just didn't know how to get there. I didn't know how to get on the road. So I started doing stand-up, doing open mics. I started doing workshops at a local improv club and, and auditioned and joined the joined the troupe and performed. And, you know, when I first moved to Dallas, I remember the very first weekend, someone took me to an improv show. And it was just like the movies where there's a light right. and there was, there was like, <laughs> it was like you find your destiny. You know, like those those movies where the, the lead character finds their destiny, yes. finds that moment of truth. This was, and it was, <laughs> and the light shines and sometimes there's birds <laughs> flying around. That was that moment. I was like, I was in love and that was my destiny, but I just didn't know how to get there. And um, I started uh, working for a PR agency and then an ad agency. And one of my clients was Texas Instruments. And they're okay. having uh, an executive retreat. They knew I did improv on the weekends. And they said, hey, we know you do improv. Can you come up? We got this executive group. Can you come up, do some improv games before dinner? And I'm like, sure, why not? I mean, okay. And I took another performer with me. And there was no plan. There was no, this is what I wanted. You know, I didn't know what to do. We just started playing improv games. And the, the audience, which were all executives, all men, all VP level, they loved it. And... More importantly, I loved it. And so the little light bulb started flickering and I started offering it to other clients and just one thing led to another and to another to another. And then 2,500 events later, I'm here talking about it on your podcast. It was just following my passion, following what I love to do and mm -hmm. sharing that passion and sharing what improv gave me and what it taught me and having fun, creating energy. And, and just like you mentioned earlier, um, employees, managers, audiences are just desperate for that yes. energy, desperate for that fun, that play. And when we're having fun, we're energized, we're playing, we're going to be more successful. And that 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 goes right to the bottom line. We're more profitable. We're a better salesperson. We're a better IT, better accountant, better lawyer, better HR, you name it. It's just putting that energy into it. And that's what we want more than anything. That's amazing. I'm so glad the camera's on you right now. I'm having some real issues over here. It's so it's nice. Notice how I stayed. <laughs> you didn't even flinch. Didn't even flinch. Just kept on moving. In fact, I'd keep doing the interview. Like if I lost you, I would just keep going. We would just stay on you the whole time. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. You know, it's so amazing. My producer, Trey, has been with me since episode one. And we are on 214. Wow. That's I, a, yeah. I mean, I challenge you to find another podcast that's had the same producer yeah. for that entire time. Or anyone that does a podcast 214 times. That's amazing because, you know, people, you're like, oh, I get busy or I want to do something else. And it's, so many things get in the way. Yeah. But obviously, you know, when you're just like when you're passionate about something and you love what you do, it's not work and you that's want right. to do it. And, and it just feeds itself. It just, it just creates and creates and creates. I get to make new friends every single week. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. It's so much fun. But I wanted to give just a real shout out to Trey. I don't talk about him very often yeah. on the show and he's really, really good to me. And so it was like in that moment, he saw I was struggling and he was like, switch to the other camera. <laughs> Joel, just keep camera on Joel. Camera one on Joel. He'll go for 20 minutes easy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just, and then I just turn off. <laughs> And they roll me into a closet and they're like, let's bring on Jolie. Wind him up later. Yep. Yep. But it's just finding, you know, it's all about finding that fun, finding what you love to do. And I was just very fortunate and lucky that I found that. And when I first started, I didn't even know people 
were speakers, that there were spe right. that people hired speakers. I had no idea. And when I first started, I would do it for free. Or if you gave me a $50 Chili's gift card, I was thrilled. I was like, That's a lot what? of chips and salsa. $50 <laughs> Chili's gift card? Incredible. And, and I loved it. And, you know, sometimes when I speak to college students or people just starting their careers, I always say, you know, just figure out what you would do for free. What would you mm. love to do that you loved it so much that you didn't even care if you got paid or not? Now, obviously we want to get paid because sure. we like to eat and pay rent, but what would you do and you wouldn't worry about whether you got paid or not? And this is what I would do. I just love it so much and I'm fortunate that I figured out how to take my love and passion and get paid for it. And and I there were many times where I didn't get paid for it. You know what? And I want to just stop on that for just a second because I think what you're saying is so, so key. Yeah. And I think I shared with you a little bit, you know, this is my second career. Well, kind of a third career now, but, you know, recruiting is a second career for mm -hmm. me. And I did the work for 20 years and I did the grind and I wasn't unhappy, but I wasn't, I worked. Right. It right. wasn't my passion. Right. I worked mm -hmm. to pay the bills. And when I finally found my passion much later in life, and the world just went, yeah. and just every, all these doors started opening. And like you said, I tell people all the time, I don't work a day in my life because right. I love what I do. Yeah. I was up at one o'clock last night working, but I didn't think it was working. I was having fun doing what I was doing. Yeah, following you know? that passion. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what your job is. You can be passionate about it. Yeah. And even if it's a job that you didn't dream about or didn't even know existed, but if you embrace it and find the right culture and find the right also uh, company that you fit into, mm -hmm. you're going to love it and you're going to you're going to be passionate about it and you're going to excel. And that's that's very important. I think too many times people make decisions and they realize they're not happy at their job or, or there's, it's a culture that doesn't fit or a manager. And I tell people all the time, you know, what what do you want as far as opportunity? What is it that's going to fulfill you and reward you? And you're going to be surprised twice. First, by your answer. What is it? I mean, truly, you got to dig deep and be really honest. Yep. What is it that that opportunity you want? It's not more money. We all want more money. That's a given. And that happiness only lasts to the next paycheck. And you're right back where you started. What is that opportunity? Do you mm -hmm. want a different role, a different responsibility? Do you want to work in a different part of the country? Do you want... Um, do you have some creativity or some ideas that you want to um, enact? What is it? Do you want more training, more education? And then when you tell the person you report to and say, this is what I need here to be fulfilled. And they, right now, this is a deciding moment. Are they mm -hmm. going to give you that opportunity or not? And if they, more times, I think they are going to give you the opportunity because what do they get back in return? A passionate, energized team member that's going to help them reach their goals. But if they don't give you that opportunity, that's a big clue. Mm -hmm. You're in the wrong place. And I bet you there are many companies, I don't care what the economy's like, everybody's hiring, they're always hiring. Everybody's always looking for great people, always. And I always tell people, I go, you know what? You know, you know which one of my clients are hiring? All of them. They're <laughs> always looking for great people. Someone wants you because you're passionate, you're energized, and you want opportunity, and they want to give you that opportunity. You know, I tell people all the time that one of the main reasons why I moved to VIP, where I am currently, I've been there five and a half years. Um, I was with my other, my first recruiting job mm -hmm. for almost five years. And so I, I kind of celebrate, I've been with VIP longer now. Um, but 
one of the reasons that really sold me on them and their culture is because when I went to work there, they didn't say, here's the job description. This is what we want you to do. They asked, and I tell the story all the time. They asked me the question, what do you want to do? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I laid out this crazy plan and they went, okay, come do it here. And I went, you weren't supposed to say yes to that, yeah. you know? Well, because they were smart. They saw a passionate, energized person that's going to help them reach their goals. Mm -hmm. And we just have to give a little freedom to let you be you and amazing things happen. And that's what leaders have to create for their team and what the team has to demand. And if you're not getting that, then someone else, somewhere down the road will give you that. Absolutely. And it's all about choice. Um, you know, we, I talked about losing my job at the Times Herald yes. where they closed. And that is a very important day in my life. I put that with the birth of my two children, the day I got married. That is a very crucial day because it's really about taking charge. I had no control. The paper closed. I'm out of work. Mm -hmm. I had no control. So I could, you know, take that and be sad, disgruntled angry. I just moved here six yeah. months ago. What You had to have an idea what was happening. And then you hired me and you brought me in six months ago, a very short amount of time. I uprooted. I'm in a one bedroom apartment with no furniture. And so, uh, you know, I could be choose to have that stress and negativity. What am I going to do? Or I can take control. And that's what I did. And, I, and I'll tell you the story. Uh, so I'm leaving my one bedroom apartment with no furniture and I grab my magic harmonica. And I... Oh, I forgot about the harmonica. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I brought the magic <gasps> harmonica right here. Oh, sweet. So I'm going to tell you the story. And so, first of all, I always, when I tell the story, I have no musical ability. Okay. Okay. I'm tone deaf. I can't sing. I can't play musical instruments. I love music, but I have no ability. All right. Casey, you might have ability or Trey, they, he might have ability. I have none. And so I, in college... I attended a lecture and bought this magic harmonica. And I don't remember the lecture. I'm guessing it was a harmonica player. <laughs> I don't know if someone came in to talk about European relations and sold harmonicas, but um, I'm pretty sure it was a harmonica player. So I bought this harmonica and um, I don't grab it. I don't leave the house with it often unless I'm going to a podcast. Uh, but that day that they called and said, come down, clean out your desk, you lost your job. And so I take my harmonica. And it was really the start of me making my choice, choosing how I was going to control what was happening around me. And so I kind of surveyed the scene. And everybody had a wide range of emotions when you sure. lose your job. Sure. And everybody's going to lose their job, right? And you're confused. You're angry. You're, you're, um, you're sad. You're, you know, you're stressed. You're upset. There's a range of emotions. And I'm a young guy. Um, you know, I just moved to Dallas and, and uh, I don't have a family. I have a one bedroom apartment with no furniture. Um, and so <laughs> that really bothered you, didn't it? That it, you didn't have any furniture. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have any furniture. I had a bed, uh, I had a bed and a futon. Um, and then I, I, one day I got a couch. And so, um, so I kind of surveyed the scene and all the media had, had gathered on the back loading dock, the other TV stations. This is a big deal. When the newspaper sure. closes back then, a, a metropolitan newspaper, it, it's a big deal. And I have no idea what my thought process was. But looking back at it now, the thought process was, I'm going to take control of this situation. I'm not going to let somebody out of my control dictate how I feel about losing my job. And I want to be positive about this. I want to be passionate about it. I want to see this as an opportunity and take control and be strong. And so I 
kind of surveyed the situation and I took out my magic harmonica. Let's see if it's working. <laughs> it is working! <laughs> That's the thing about harmonica. You can actually have no ability, but it can sound it like you really know what cool. you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So here's what I did. I went, I kind of looked and I took the harmonica out. I went, I got no job. I got no money. No job, no money. Just moved to Dallas six months ago. And that told me to clean out my desk. And I still got no money. Did I mention I also have no furniture? And so I went on like that. And, and uh, the cameras, it was a moment where you could actually hear the cameras go. <laughs> right? You could hear them focus. And, um, and so it was me taking control. Right. And, and that's what I think is important. And that's why it's such an important moment in my life is that now I get to choose what I want. Right. I'm, I'm, and if that moment right there led me to start taking improv workshops, to start performing, and then led me to the PR agency job and the ad agency job, and then someone asking me to do an improv uh, performance at Texas Instruments and 2,500 events later, it brought me here. I mean, all those moments, I, I, you couldn't see it. I mean, right there, I'm just playing the harmonica as a, as a young kid and, and just trying to, trying to take control of the moment and not be upset and not be stressed out and take control of that moment. And that's why it's such a magic harmonica and so important. Um, and what happened was people really gravitated toward that. It was on two local news, uh, broadcast. One of them like started off again, you know, they had all these people that have been working there for 20, 30 years. Yeah. And then there's this kid with a harmonica. <laughs> and uh, the Fort Worth Star Telegram put a huge photo. I was getting calls across the country from my friends because other news stations picked Pick up this crazy wow. kid with a harmonica. I mean, this is before social media, right? This right. is before the internet. And so this is as viral as you can go in 1991. And it was just a really important moment. And, and I tell people, you know, when you're faced with those moments and everyone's going to lose their job, everyone's going to have a tough time, is that you, you, it's, it's time to make a choice. You have to take control and you can choose, you know, to be stressed and impatient, or you can choose to be passionate and energized and take control and, and go after what you want. I think that is so beautiful what you say, because one, uh, part of my keynote that I give is also that you get to be at choice. And, and that's exactly what I'm hearing you say. And that, and a lot of people are like, yeah, but you don't get to choose if you're going to be down on your luck. And I'm like, but you get to choose how you react to that, yep. which is exactly what you're saying. Yep. And they're like, oh, you're just like, you know, living in a world where everything's all lollipops and, you know, and I'm like, no, you literally get to choose. You get to put the lens on your eyes in which you want to view that circumstance. Yep. How you react. The key word is react is what yeah. you said. React. You have the choice. You don't control change. You control how you react to change. And yes. that's what improv teaches us. And when you, how do you want to react to change? You're not, it's not what people bring in the change into an improv scene. The power is how you react to that change. That's the key. And once you figure that out, it's a really important moment. And someone brings something into an improv scene and you react to it. That's where you have control. And so you can react and help them be successful. You can react by creating opportunity, by building on what their success is and so that the whole team can have success. And it's the same wherever you work in whatever industry. It's how you react. What's your choice? 
Are you going to work harder? Are you going to get out of your comfort zone? Are you going to learn something new? Mm -hmm. Are you going to help people be successful? Are you going to um, be more open and flexible to change? How do you want to react? And those choices will determine where you go and what your success is. Well, and I think even too, like in the workplace, yeah. not reacting sometimes can be just as important mm -hmm. as the reacting. Yep. Yep. And so there's a lot of times as a leader that I will have people bring problems to me and I'm like, do I really need to get in the middle of that? Right, right. Or do I just let y'all work that out? Yeah, but you know? that's you making a choice to be a, a really effective leader, letting them take responsibility, letting mm -hmm. them be accountable, letting them take ownership. And that's that's crucial as well. And that's what a great leader does. Well, thank you for that. I don't know where I learned that little skill. <laughs> I think I just didn't want to mess with it. <laughs> oh, that too. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, either way, same thing. Yep, yep. It's the same. All roads lead to the same place. Exactly. So I'm curious, though. So you've mentioned this um, teaching companies when you go in and you teach their employees about the reaction being important. Mm -hmm. What other tactics do you use to help them link that? Because I know you, you feel like happiness is very important in the yep. workplace. What other tactics do you use? Well, I'm all about creating energy. And I always say during my keynotes, I go, look, if all you get out of this is that you're going to laugh and have fun for the next hour or 75 minutes, I'm cool. There's no better way to spend time with your colleagues and your peers or your customers, or your friends or whoever's in the audience than through laughter. It connects us. It creates relationships. Mm -hmm. It's engages. It's, it's, it's such a crucial aspect of our lives. But I am gonna talk about some choices. And I think these choices help us find success. And we mentioned some of them about being open and flexible to change and, and how we react to change. Creating opportunity and positive support. We talked about that. Being present in the moment is really important. Staying in the game. When we're faced with challenges, improv teaches us that people are going to make mistakes. And every time I talk, every time I open my mouth, I make a mistake. I'm sure I made one. I'm sure I fumbled over a word here today. I'm going to make mistakes. If we fear that mistake, it, it freezes us. And it, it pushes us down and it doesn't allow us that confidence to be successful. And so we have to embrace it. And then we have to celebrate. It's important to celebrate these moments, that positive support, that passion, that energy is so crucial to our success. And I talk about the spirit of ta-da. And, <laughs> and it comes from, uh, you know, when you're when the kids are little, right? When uh -huh. everything, we celebrate everything. When, when my kids were little, you know, they eat a cheese sandwich, you're like, ta-da, baby! <laughs> my, he, he, he ate the whole sandwich! Did we get a photo? You know, no matter what they do. Yep. Right? I mean, they throw a ball. My baby's a star! You know, no matter what. And we celebrate. And what happens when we celebrate? It builds their confidence. Mm -hmm. Right? You could see their smile. They're excited. And it builds their confidence. And it builds uh, that energy. And they do more of that. And so what we want, that celebration, as we get older, we lose those moments. We don't mm. celebrate enough. We That's celebrate so once true. a year. And we give each other pointy, you know, glass awards. Right. You know, once a year, but we need to celebrate every day. I don't care what industry you're in, you're doing something every day to find success, to help your customer, to help the team, to help your um, your vendor, right, move forward. And we have to celebrate. And that celebrate builds confidence, it creates energy, and it's so important to keep that passion up, you know, and we're always fighting that stress and, and celebration is a big part of that. So when you say celebration, are you talking about celebrating as a team or is it okay just to celebrate individually? And I'm going to tell you why here in just a second, but I want your answer. Yes, absolutely. I, <laughs> I talk about 
in my keynote, I talk about, I have a job where I get a round of applause. Okay. Most people don't have a job where they get a round of applause and I don't even have to be like, I can have an off day. I don't even have to be that great. And people go, Oh, he was okay. <laughs> I mean, for a speaker, he was all right. Right. Uh, no, thanks. Uh, oh. <laughs> inside joke. Uh, so, uh, that's just for you for later. Um, so, you know, I'm lucky. Most people don't have a job where right. they get around applause, but they certainly deserve it. And I don't care what, you know, uh, teacher, IT, engineer, um, HR, sales, whatever you do, I guarantee you, you deserve a round of applause. And if someone's not going to give it to you, then you give it to yourself. As soon as you walk into the, you just, you just give yourself a round of applause. People look at you strange, yeah. kind of the way you're looking at me right now, Casey. Uh -uh. And just go, woo! I'm so good. Try that, Casey. Say okay. it. Yeah! It's a good podcast. That's a great, the best one ever. It is probably. You got to add the word probably. Probably, yeah. just in case. Give me a little yeah, out. Just in case. <laughs> probably. You know, the I really love podcast. that. And the reason I asked you that question is because a lot of times, you know, the cultures at work, it's, you know, it's the backbiting, it's the people wanting, kind of like the um, crabs wanting to crawl over each other, you yeah. know, and then yeah. all of them dying. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that 